0: Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. We welcome you and are glad you're listening today. Walt and I have our Bibles open to the book of James, and we are working through the first chapter. You know, James is the half brother of Jesus. We talked about the author of this book, and he has written this book to call the early believers, those Jewish believers who are dispersed out of Jerusalem, out of Israel, but he's calling believers to Christian maturity and holiness of life. Does that sound like something you desire? It's something I know that we desire in our life, but it involves work because to strengthen our faith, to strengthen their faith, as James wrote to his audience, he's writing in the midst of trials and persecution. You know, James wants us to live by faith, and he wants us to mature in our spiritual walk with God. And God wants us, God wants us to have his perspective. And he begins with the topic of trials in this book that James is writing. He says, remember, in verse two, count it pure joy, count it all joy, brothers and sisters, when we face many different trials. Can I adopt God's view of troubles and trials? It's probably not easy, right? Secondly, he tells us that the only way we can have his perspective is to have his wisdom. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask to God who gives freely. This is attained when we ask the Lord in faith believing. So now we want to take a look at our circumstances. And, you know, friends, unfortunately, we aren't able to sit down with a cup of coffee or tea and share with each other the details of our daily lives. What's going on? Oh, how I wish that was possible just to see your faces and to hear what's happening in your life. Yet James is addressing each of us, you and me, right where we find ourselves today, Let's look at James chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. Believers in humble circumstances, ought to take pride in their high position. But the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wildflower. What are these verses saying to us? Well, James is is talking to believers who maybe are more lowly. They're poor. They have not um, given that high position where people lift them up. They're They're not the rich and the powerful and the famous. But what this verse 9 is telling us is that it's God who lifts us up. Do we believe that? I think a lot of times we don't live that way. But it's God who gives us our dignity and our worth. Because when we are believers, you are a son of the king. You are a daughter of the king. And in contrast, then verse 10 says the rich person is humbled by the, their human frailty. All the comforts and pleasures they enjoy today will only last for a brief period of time. James will talk about this later in chapter 4, but the basic principle is actually laid out and presented for us in Proverbs 3.34. The Lord mocks the mockers, but he is gracious to the humble. Any of us can be humble Wherever we find ourselves in our circumstance, do we take that position of humility? Are we willing to serve and care for others? And James provides an illustration here that every reader would quickly understand a wildflower. Beautiful, admired by all who sees it, this flower will pass away quickly. Suffering is like the wildflower now, that might be a hard pill to swallow right now today, because if you're in the midst of suffering, if you're in the midst of persecution or trial, it seems like it's going on forever and ever, but it will not last long, and it is not permanent. Suffering and persecu- persecution reveal how tentative and how short
1: life on this earth really is. And you know, James is continuing with an illustration, and he has so many similes and metaphors and illustrations, and the wildflower is such a good example of these truths. It's it's beautiful, and we enjoy seeing fields of wildflowers filling with color during our spring visits to Israel, especially February and March. But there's a dramatic difference between the months of February and March versus the summer month. And and verse 11 says this, For the sun rises with its scorching heat, and it withers the grass, and its flower falls, and its beauty perishes. So also will the rich man fade away in the midst of his pursuits. And again, this reminder that, that that flowers don't stay forever, especially there in Israel. You know, it talks about the scorching heat, these hot, searing winds that were known to come across the desert. The, one of the names given to them is the shrako. It it comes from the west, and it, and it goes to the east, and it's usually um, it, associated with North Africa and the Sahara Desert. There's also something called the hamsim, which in Arabic is 50, because Often these winds last for about 50 days, and they can blow in both from North Africa, the Sahara Desert, but also the Saudi Arabian Peninsula. And I know this for certain, because for my 40th birthday I was in Jerusalem in May, and this was the beginning of six weeks of training to take church groups for Bible study tours to Israel. And this weather phenomena occurred, um, I, I know the exact date. It was May 14th to May 15th and, uh, on my 40th birthday. And, and um, that evening, I went on top of a hotel, and it was cool in the evening. The day had been pleasant, probably in the mid-60s. And um, that evening got cool, and I went up there, and I had a jacket on. The next day, the, the wind came in off the Saudi Arabian Peninsula. And I've told this story before, but it went from very pleasant to over 110 degrees with less than 5% humidity i used to say it it was like sucking on a on a hairdryer i mean this wind that came in was so hot and had so little moisture and that's just it seemed like overnight these flowers and the grass withered and faded and and that's what what James here is saying, that's what our life is. And when when we base it on, the rich base their life on, oh, look at how permanent my wealth is. No, it's not. It's very fleeting. And and that comparison, I love Isaiah chapter 40, and we go out in the wilderness and we read this, Isaiah 40, verses 6 to 8, a voice is calling out in the wilderness, and and then there's an answer, what shall I call out? And call it this, all flesh is like grass, and its loveliness is like the flower of the field. And the grass withers, the flower, it's going to fade, when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass, and the grass withers and the flower fades. But listen to this, but the Word of God, the Word of our God, it stands forever. And this is a good point for me to, just to stop and say, uh, what's my head to heart here? And, and I'll just be real blunt with you. What do I glory in? Um, what makes you most proud? Is it your financial ability to, to weather any storm? Is it your educational pursuits? Uh, what is it, Is it your great family that you're so proud of? But what really lasts and is truly important for eternity and and one of my struggles and a struggle for many Christians in the West is getting caught up in the pursuit of financial security and a life of leisure. And I need God's wisdom. We've already talked about that. I need God's wisdom for his perspective to help me navigate what is truly important, what truly lasts. And and the Isaiah forty passage reminds us one thing that lasts is the word of God. It stands forever. That's where my priority should be. But another thing the Bible makes clear is that people's souls last forever. And that's where my priority, my focus, my attention, and my affections, they need to be focused in on that. The Word of God and people that need to hear the Word of God.
0: Yeah, and as you share that, Walt, uh, I love that Isaiah passage. And when we stand in the Judean wilderness and we look out over, we are just overwhelmed at all the hills and the valleys and recognize that God is teaching us some really important lessons on that site and in that place. And truly, the grass does wither, the flower does fade, but the word of our God stands forever. We want to look at verse 12, and it begins with these phrases, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, because having stood the test. And you know, I went back To a different dictionary, Walt. I know you like that I do dictionary work. (laughs) It's one of your favorites. Oh, I love it. (laughs) But I like to go to the 1828 Webster Dictionary because um, it has uh, often scripture. uh, It it pulls in examples for words and so i just want to break this down blessed is the one who perseveres under trial you know that word blessed we've we've talked about it it's it's much different it's not just happy but rather this word means enjoying spiritual spiritual happiness and the favor of god So it speaks to our relationship with God, heart, body, soul, and mind, that spiritual richness that we get. So blessed is that one.
1: And you know, remember, James' half-brother started off his ministry by going up on a hillside and really repeating the blessings, the beatitudes from the Latin, this, I, I want you to know who's blessed as they come to the Lord, what is God's perspective? And he gives a number of people that are blessed, and it's not the people you would think.
0: Yeah, and you wonder, as James heard his brother deliver that, the Mount of Beatitudes, right? The the Those Beatitudes, blessed are... Um, what he, he wasn't believing, he wasn't believing his uh, big brother Jesus at that time and taking that in. But now he says, blessed is the one, the one who perseveres. And so this word, the meaning here is to stand, that idea of standing, being fixed in in the place to continue, this person who is constant, one who will hold on. I, I think of that card you can buy, you know, send to someone who's going through a hard time and it's like got the dog or the cat holding on with their front paws, you know, but that whole idea that you're persevering, you're, I mean, sometimes you're just digging in and you're holding on, right? Yeah. Because it's a hard time. And
1: even when you feel like quitting or when you feel like giving up, you just got to hold on. And that's what persevering under trials is, holding on and then under
0: trial that means suffering and what does suffering do? Well, it puts strength into what our faith muscle, it's that patience that comes through testing, the afflictions or temptations that that exercise and prove the virtues of men. Because what God says, you will be made whole, you will be complete, you will be mature, if you go through these trials, and you are tempted. So here's my paraphrase. Okay, you know, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Now, Brenda's paraphrase. (laughs) It's a little longer. <laughs> <laughs> the person who holds on in the midst of afflictions or temptations will grow strong in their faith and
1: will enjoy spiritual happiness and the favor of God. And, and, and even as we talk about the favor of God, James introduces this concept. Remember, we said this is one of the earliest New Testament books, and other New Testament writers will continue to expand upon this. Paul will, Peter will, the Apostle John will, even talking about in the book of Revelation, the last book that's written. And this concept is the concepts of reward in the forms of, of crowns. Verse 12 ends with these words, That person the one who continues on and holds on in the midst of of trials and afflictions, that person will receive a crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. We must remember, God's got something for the one who loves him. The person who perseveres in the midst of these trials, underneath them, as they kind of press them down, this kind of person is the one who will receive rewards and honor that, and that's the incentive to persevere when you feel like giving up. Someone's watching. There will be a, a reward. And this even concept of the crown of life that the Lord has promised, I said that the Apostle John is going to talk about this in Revelation chapter 2, verse 10. He says this, Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Boy, the people in at that time are going to suffer a lot. Behold, the devil is about to cast some of you into prison so that you will be tested. See that concept, testing? And you will have tribulation for 10 days. But be faithful, even until death, and I will give you the crown of life. That idea of being faithful, of hanging in there to those that love him. By the way, the New Testament is very clear. Salvation is always a free gift of God's grace and his mercy and his forgiveness. And we receive that free gift by placing our personal faith in Jesus Christ, that His work on Calvary's cross to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all our unrighteousness, that is not earned or deserved, that's a gift that's offered by faith. But but crowns of righteousness, but rewards, as after we have become a believer, that they are earned. They are because we walk forward in faith, even in the midst of trials. And that's a promise of scripture. That's a promise that, that James gives here to every believer.
0: And I love as that ending verse that we're covering today. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. And so I ask myself a head to heart, how do I act and respond to the trials in my life, those hard times, those troubles? Do I stand firm? Am I constant? Is it my true desire to grow stronger in my faith and and if I want to say yes to that? Yes, I want to I want to have a stronger faith. I want to be more mature in my walk with God. It's going to take some work. It's going to take some effort. Come to God, ask for his wisdom to walk through. And as we study this book, let's remember that James wants us to grow more mature in our Christian lives. James wants his readers to become more holy. Trials can be difficult and seem overwhelming, but I know I can bring all my emotions, all my stress, all of those overwhelming sensations I might have, I can bring them to Jesus and he hears and he understands. Friends, let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we bow our heads and acknowledge that on our own, we lack wisdom. We humbly ask you to provide that wisdom for us, to guide us and direct us as we face many trials and troubles in this world lord would you help us to view our current circumstances through your eyes that we would consider it joy because you desire to see our faith grow let endurance and patience do a thorough work so that we can live on this earth as salt and light for your glory and honor we thank you for the promises of blessing and the victor's crown of life that will be given for each one who's patient under trial and stands up to temptation. We truly want to enjoy a closer relationship with you, and each day continue to walk with God. In your precious name, we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord, Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America and outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.